Ladies and gentlemen, this is Killing the Business Worldwide, and this is your main event and highlight of your night with their host, Vic Muscat. His resume speaks volumes. Former heavyweight, tag team, hardcore champion in many different promotions, and now he is taking extreme professional wrestling like it was his bitch. He is the punk rock powerhouse Bo Cooper. How are you doing today, sir? And thank you for having me, Vic. I appreciate it. I'm doing well, guys. So if you could describe your career using one word only, what would that word be and why? Long. <laughs> well, you've been wrestling for decades, haven't you? Yeah, I started uh, I started training in 1994 at the School of Hard Knocks in San Bernardino, and uh, I was at 14 years old at the time. And uh, I, I had my first pro match in 96, and I haven't stopped. I'm 40, 42 now. So I don't know. I'm bad with math, but I would say that's like 25 years, 20-something 20, 20 years. So, Was it professional wrestling something you wanted to get into, or did it, did it like fall in your lap and you just rolled with it? I mean, I was always a fan growing up. I used to watch, you know, uh, WWE and WWF, I should say, as a kid. And I, I loved, you know, watching it on Saturday mornings, you know, Wrestling Challenge. And my mom used to take me to all the, the local shows at the LA Sports Arena. So I became a fan, you know, at a very young age. Um, when I first broke into the business, I was actually a fan at the, at the um, WWF show. And I literally was just there as a kid. And all the wrestlers were coming in, you know, through the building. And I, and I reached out and I said, hey, I want to be a wrestler like you guys. And one guy walked up to me and he gave my mom a number to call, which was the School of Hard Knocks. And it was actually Louis Spicoli uh, who did that. And, you know, he said, hey, if you're serious, kid, when you get a little older, here's the number so you can start training. I called the school up. They said, hey, you're too young. Wait a couple of years. I actually waited a couple of years and I called them back. I said, hey, I'm ready to come do this. And they said, well, come down and we'll see what you got. So. I started training at 14 and I, and I haven't stopped since, you know, it's been a long, <laughs> brutal, brutal road, but it was, you know, something that I always wanted to get into. Who was your favorite wrestler at the, at your kid glory days time? I mean, growing up as a kid, I mean, I loved Ultimate Warrior. I mean, even though he was a terrible wrestler, he was, you know, larger than life, the colors and just seeing him on TV and seeing him in, you know, live shows and his energy and stuff, you know, I would say Ultimate Warrior. But when I started learning the business and I started, you know, realizing the actual in-ring talent, uh, I started loving guys, you know, like Owen Hart, Shawn Michaels, uh, Bret Hart, etc. Bam Bam Bigelow was always one of my favorites growing up because of his tattoos and obviously I'm tattooed. What, go, go ahead. What was the best moment in your career? Uh, I mean, I've had a lot of good moments, man. Um, I mean, the best moment in my career, obviously, was probably when I actually had my first match, knowing that I trained really hard and, and I actually got to perform in front of a live audience. Um, but I would say either my first match or, you know, getting a chance to... You know, just just tra travel and, and wrestle with some of the you know big guys out there, like the legends, like Honky Tonk Man, Superfly Jimmy Snuka. I would say, I would say my first match is probably my best my best moment in my career. Who was that against? It was against a guy named Crazy KC. He was a six foot two biker guy, and he was probably at the I don't know at the time he was probably forty three years old, and I was only six. I was only sixteen, but he was a really nice guy. He said, "Hey kid, just go out there and work with me, and we'll have a good time." And he didn't take advantage of me or anything. He didn't beat my ass or stiff me, but you know, we we actually had a really good match. I was under a hood on the time I wrestled as the Hangman. I had a really big, I had a baby face, you know. So my my trainers were trying to protect that. 
so I had a hood on and I wrestled him and it was fun, man. I mean, he took good care of me and the crowd popped for our match from what I can remember. So that was, that was a good, uh, good feeling. Was that a sold out show? Uh, that was at the San Bernardino, uh, boys and girls club and it was their anniversary show. So there was about 500 people there. So it was pretty big. Awesome. So what the heck brought you into death matches? Well, I've always done the hardcore style, but I mean, when it comes to the death matches, you know, I mean, I was more of a, I like to interpret pro wrestling mixed in with some hardcore. Um, you know, I, I always had a, a, a valued respect for the guys that go out there and just, you know, do the death match style. Um, but when it comes to, when it comes to me, I prefer more of interpreting wrestling, you know, showing the crowd that I can work and then interpreting, you know, weapons with that, um, you know, kind of like, or, or RVD, etc. Um, you know, guys that can, you know, actually go out there, do a great performance with their wrestling skills and then interpret the actual, like, you know, hardcore style or weapons. What's the hardest weapon you ever got hit with? And, uh, I mean, I just wrestled Dirty Rob McDonald, man, and he was a crazy clown, and that, that motherfucker came off a ladder with a flaming elbow from, you know, 20 feet off the, off the ladder, so that was pretty stiff and hard. <laughs> you guys did out of each that match, though. Yeah, it was brutal, man. We, we, we had a new, even though he's a, he's a dirty clown and I like to kick his ass and he liked to kick my ass, there was a little bit of a mutual respect there because we did beat the shit out of each other for sure. Right, that was an awesome event with you two. Opening card, that was a great way to start that event. Thanks, man. What is the clowns movie? are awesome. Clowns are awesome. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so, what's the most brutal match you've ever been a part of? Um, probably against Necro Butcher. He knocked my tooth out. Uh, me and him went one-on-one, -on -one and uh, he gave it to me, and I gave it right back to him. That was for a little promotion in Newhall, California uh, at the time, and you know, he was in his prime when I worked him and he was uh, very, 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 very snug. And I, I wouldn't want it any other way because the crowd was very intimate and they were right there to see us, you know, beat the shit out of each other. So we had to make it, you know, very, very hardcore uh, to make that small crowd pop. And he, he's a great guy. Necro is one of the best in the ring when it comes to, you know, being the deathmatch and hardcore you know, uh, style. And he gave it to me and I gave it right back. And, you know, I would say that's probably the most brutal match I've had was with him because I felt that for a long time afterwards. Well, since you've been in the business for, for many months, what's something that you wish you knew back then that you know now? Can you repeat that? I'm sorry. Josh, why are you making noise? Uh, sorry about that. It's okay. When the uh, knowledge that you've gathered over the years being a professional wrestler, what, so what are some of the things you know now, but you really wished you knew back then when you started? It's a good question. Um, I would say when it comes to the, you know, knowledge of just trying to learn, you never stop learning. You know, there's guys nowadays that they, they know everything. You know, these, these kids uh, train for a little bit, they get thrown in matches and get titles on their, their shoulders and their waist. And, you know, they, they think they're the shit and they're not. Um, I would say when it comes to learning, um, you know, it, it definitely takes a long time to actually appreciate this business rather than just having it be a hobby. And I would say what I've learned is just to keep your mouth shut, 
have fun, appreciate what the promoter's giving you. Um, you know, just, just be appreciative for the performance and the, and the, and the platform that a promoter gives you, if it's a real worker promotion, you know, like, uh, I would just say, you know, when it comes to me learning, uh, I would say knowledge is just the best way to just keep, keep being humble, be humble and just keep going. And, um, I was cocky too, when I first started, cause I wanted to get out there and think, you know, I thought I knew everything after a couple months. I, I watched my whole life as a kid. And when you get in that ring, it's a whole different world. So, I mean, it's definitely, definitely definitely something that you know you learn as you progress in this business it definitely is it is an addicting drug yeah it definitely is the highest drug in the world man when you get out there and you perform exactly and, you know people don't people don't understand they say hey dude your body's broken your back's messed up you know you, how come you keep doing this shit and i said well you don't understand man because once that crowd pops and you get that rush of putting on a great show it's one of the best the best highs in the world you know it's kind of it's kind of like right before your right before your match and you're behind the curtain and you get this like uncontrollable urge to piss and right. then you hit the curtain and then it just leaves exactly <laughs> exactly <laughs> how many how many times have i thought shit i gotta pee man but my music's about to hit you know that was right. this last saturday we went out there and I was in the gorilla position and I'm like oh shit and they're like what I said I got a fucking piss and then bam the music got you know music came on got away what what company you work for Mike mainly uh I work mostly for uh here at my hometown Central City Kentucky for uh World Wrestling Alliance uh, promoter is Chris Waddell. Okay, cool. And he was trained old school by a guy that used to train, uh, used to promote here, named Shelby Abcock. And he, he used to bring in Lawler, Dundee, Boogie Woogie Man, Dutch Mandel, Buddy Landell, you know, all the all names. Cool. You know, and, uh, Matter of fact, they got a show this Saturday in uh, the Veterans Memorial Coliseum there in Evansville, Indiana, where Hogan, Austin, all of those, you know, all the legends have gone through. Oh, yeah. Cool, man. That's awesome. So you've been in the business for how long? 24 years, 25 years. I got a Wait. lot of catching up to do. Yeah. yeah, if you go on YouTube, man, you type in Brawl and Bo Cooper, you know, you can see some of my my, my work. And, um, you know, I've, I've been fortunate, you know, I'm, I'm injured, I'm hurt, I'm broken down, I'm overweight. But, you know, it's it's been something that I haven't stopped doing since I knew that I could. And, um, you know, I've had a great long career. I've never made a lot of money off this business, but it's been something that, you know, when I don't have it in my life, I get depressed. And I, when I do bring it back, you know, it, it feels like I'm accomplishing what I need to do out there. And it makes me feel good as a person, you know? Exactly. Trust, dude, that is, you're preaching to the choir, to the choir, brother. There's, there's times where like, what was it? Not last year, the year before last, I fucked my back up because I'm six foot and I'm almost 400 pounds. And I decided to do the shock treatment on a guy that's 5'8 and 350. And I yeah. fucked my back up thinking, you know, hey, right. 
So, like, dude, that month, month and a half that I wasn't wrestling, man, I was, I was a dick. Yeah, yeah, it definitely, it definitely makes you feel more fulfilled, man, when we're in the ring, you know? Exactly. I mean, that's like, like I told him before, my first wife, she, she talked to my current, my third wife, and she told him, I'll tell you right now. When he gets into the parking lot of the arena, he's a complete prick. It's like a switch hits and he goes into his zone. He's no longer Mike. He's Mad Max. You say you have three wives, You don't want to talk to him. And she realized that. This was your third wife, you said? My first wife said that to my third wife. God damn, bro. How many times have you been married? This is my final knock on wood. My third, they say third time's a charm. And there you go. Well, yeah. you, you know how the business is. I you know, it. and I told her, I told my wife, look, I'm a professional midget wrestler. And our lifestyle is not normal. Right. It's on the best way for me to describe it is that it's psychotic and exotic. It's the only definition I could give. You ever worked with my you ever worked with my boy Billy Blade for Micro Championship or Micromania? I worked, but not for Billy. I worked uh I worked with uh Puppet the Psycho Dwarf. I'm one of the original members of the Half Pipe Brawlers. Got it. And uh I worked with uh oh my gosh, I worked with uh Micro Wrestling uh Federation. Yeah. Oh, Almost every single one organization, midget wrestling organization there is. Well, if I, I, if I can make a suggestion, man, hit up Billy, man, because I mean, he's doing great things out there. He's one of my best friends and he's traveling all over the world with you guys, you know, and the little people and uh, he's out there killing it. He's actually going to be starting two tours. Uh, we just, I recently, because I do the hosting, you know, for the shows once in a while. And when they come out here to, to Southern California, I'm the host of the, of the micro mania and uh, he does big crowds, man. I mean, we just had 650 people. You know, you know it. I mean, I mean, we did a, we had a gig set up with uh, in Ohio with Mason, Mason, Ohio with Kings Island, and it was, uh, I think, a, the uh, the haunt of October. Every weekend we were there at uh, Kings Island, and we did two two shows a night, Friday and Saturday night. And I mean, the biggest crowd we ever had that I know of was 5,000 people. Wow. Yeah. I and, mean, you guys definitely draw. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, the the crowd reaction when we came out, it was it was just amplified. And it, I mean, the force just almost knocked you. It hit you in the chest. Of course. Yeah. Just the way they cra- the crowd responded and all. It was just total total incredible feeling that you cannot e- express any other way. Shoot. That, that, that's something that, I, that I'm like, I've, I've been doing it. It'll be seven years. Well, it is seven years. It's been seven years. But my first day of training, my trainer always told me, you got to work a crowd of like 10 people 
like you're working a crowd of a thousand people. Yeah, 100%. That's a good trainer, man. I mean, I always tell my my students, you know, when they go to punch, I say, reach back, punch high, so that the people in the, you know, the bleachers, even if there's only 50 people in the crowd, act like there's 5,000, because, you know, you got to be bigger than life. You got to show the, the the world, not just your, you know, people up front, what you're all about. Ooh, I got a good question. What is your biggest, I guess you could say, pet peeve in pro wrestling today? Millennial kids that think they know it all. <laughs> there you go. Trust oh, me, well, me too. I yeah. was... Attitudes, I was, cockiness. Oh, go ahead. No, I'm just saying, like, millennial kids that think they're cocky and they think they're the shit and they haven't even left, you know, a state. And they think that they're the you know best in the world or or the best you know worker out there, and they haven't even left their little hometown, but they they act like they're fucking the shit and they ain't nothing, you know. That's my biggest Dude, I, pet peeve. I just I had this kid a while ago, and I'm talking like wet, wet behind the ears, like green horn, like straight green horn, still in <laughs> training, talking about. <clears throat> Why isn't why aren't why aren't I getting any title shots? Because yeah. you haven't earned earned your spot on this card yet. You're right. still setting up and tearing down rings. You don't have that veteran status to where you can tell everyone else what they need to be doing. Correct. Yep. No, there's there's always one. There's always one in the bunch. Always. It never yeah. fails. There's a lot. <laughs> Is, is are the millennials someone that you'll give like a little extra like force behind your punches a little more like like compared to someone that you respect i mean it just depends on how they act you know if i'm up against someone and they're humble and they're cool and they you know they, they show respect to someone that's come before them obviously i'm not going to go out there and take you know any liberties i mean i'm not a guy that will fuck anyone up unless they need to be fucked up but um, it's one of those situations where as long as you respect me, I respect you, man. That's all it comes down to. Exactly. Have you ever had to stretch anybody? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I've, I've been stretched and I've had to stretch a couple people just because, you know, they try to test me when I was younger and I gave it right back to them, you know. How do, the fans, how do the fans treat you? Like, you know, you always have those knucklehead fans that, you know, take a swipe at you, or at wrestlers. Or you heard what happened to Seth Rollins, the fan jumped the railing and yeah. attacked. Like, how did they treat you? Uh, I've been pretty lucky, man. I think that, you know, any fan that would try to fuck with me know, knew better because of how hardcore I was in the ring. But, I mean, I've seen some drunken fans here and there, you know, get mouthy to the point where I thought I might have to take a swing on them because they got in my face. But um, I'm pretty smart when it comes to like, you know, de-escalation. I just either just laughed at them and walked away because it's not worth going to jail nowadays. You know, you punch someone, they break their fucking jaw, then they're going to sue you and you're going to lose your house, you know? <clears throat> yeah, even though, even though they take this first swipe at you and still it's like, you're twice his size, you should have held him down. Dun, dun, dun. You yeah, know, that was exactly. fucking bullshit. Right. Hey, Vic, man, I got about 10 minutes left, man. I don't mean to cut it short, but I got to take this call, and I, I totally got to... Uh, absolutely. Know. I understand how busy you are. No. Real fast, how did you get get into XBW? Did Rob Black contact you, or you contact him? Um, it's funny, man, because out of all the years that XBW was, you know, on top out here in Southern California, I never worked for them, uh, you know, in the mid... Uh, 
late nineties, mid two thousands, you know, when they were out here, uh, I was too busy traveling, you know, trying to make a name for myself um, all over the States, you know, as an independent worker, Rob had his group of guys. Um, I remember going down there uh, to the trading center uh, in the Valley where he was at with his, his, uh, his extreme associates promotion and everything. And, um, I talked to him briefly and he said, Hey, you know, if you want to be a part of us, you got to be a part of us and you can't really work anywhere else. And I said, well, at this time, I'm going to, you know, obviously want to go and continue to travel and work the independence and get my name out there. I, I don't know if that was a mistake or not on my part, because, you know, some of the highlights of Southern California wrestling was XPW back in the day. Um, I just hit him up. I knew he was going to be making a return. I said, Hey Rob, if the opportunity is there, I'd love to work for you. And, uh, it's been it's been great so far man he's he's taken over again and we've you know the, the production that he has is amazing uh the talent that he's bringing in is is top notch you know and it's it's definitely been a fun ride so far so is someone like schlack someone you want to fuck with schlack's the man dude i would not I, want to fuck with him <laughs> he, yeah, he gives he, me nightmares he, I mean, that's yeah no he, he's a he's a hardcore fuck motherfucker man i you know i respect him in and out of the ring uh, we've had some beers together and talked about horror movies, you know, uh, and, and he's definitely someone that breathes, eats, and sleeps, literally the business, so. Have you what? ever worked, have you ever worked uh, Man Man Pondo? I have not worked Man Man Pondo. I, I've never got a chance to meet him, actually. Um, I, I've never been in the same locker room as Madman, but I've followed his work, and he's definitely a, a hardcore legend, you know, from from all the all the years he's put his body through you know in this business he's definitely uh someone that uh has taken a toll on on, on other motherfuckers and himself how about chewy martinez i never met him never met chewy really? oh you gotta meet chewy man he's so he is so he's one of those guys that he literally eats sleeps and breathes this business and he's so like approachable mm -hmm. he don't look like it but he's just one of those guys yeah, you don't you don't want to brain you want to sit there and want to talk to him but yet you're you know you're intimidated by him because of what he does and he's so down to earth it's sick it's crazy that's cool yeah no I, I i've definitely seen his work i don't i've never you know had the opportunity to meet him or, or, or work with him but I, I know who he is yeah have you ever been out towards uh, north carolina at all no, nah, man, I think the farthest when it comes to me traveling, I went to Florida uh, when I was younger. I, I trained with Dean Malenko at the wrestling school there, and I lived uh, with Gangrel and Luna for uh, a little bit when they were having their uh, their house for the students at Dean Malenko School. But um, I never got a chance to work in North Carolina or South Carolina, which I, I'd like to, you know, go out there. And my good buddy, Charles Robinson, man, the famous referee is from North Carolina. So I'd like to go visit him once in a while. So what's coming up for you? Yeah, uh, I got Vendetta Pro Wrestling tomorrow night in Santa Maria, California uh, against uh, one of my students, Johnny Palmer, uh, frat boy Johnny Palmer. I got uh, Halloween in Hell 3 XPW on October 22nd in Pomona. Uh, I, I still got some shows coming up for the Micro uh, Mania Tour, uh, doing the hosting and, and, you know, out there with my boy Billy Blade. Um, I never know when my last match will be, though, man, because like I said, my body's pretty shot, but um I'm, I'm still i'm still out there kicking ass and, and taking names so hopefully it'll be a, a a long time before i have to hang them up we'll let you get to your phone call sir but thank you very much for coming on today appreciate your time 
We yes, wish sir. you luck and be safe out there, man. No, I appreciate you guys having me, man. And uh, you guys continue to support the business. And uh, thanks for having me as well. And I appreciate you guys very much, okay? Oh, thank you very much for your time, sir. Take, take care of yourself. You're welcome. Thank Bye. you, guys. And I want to thank everyone who watched this episode on YouTube and listened to it in the vast podcasting universe. I know I'm slacking on my episodes these days, uploading for the podcast. When it comes to Spotify, you know, that'll be fixed. We can make some adjustments. And thank you for watching on YouTube. And or watch listen to it in the vast podcast universe. Until next time, Vic out. Goodbye and good night. Thanks again, everyone. Take care.